This is Taylor McLean with the Roundtable Sports Podcast. We're going to be looking at the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Washington's game. Entertaining game, despite the kind of lower score, 27-17, to 17, Washington defeated the Eagles. If you only watched the first half of this game, that would be a very, very surprising statement that Washington won this football game. At a certain point, it was Philadelphia up 17, had a high win probability going into a long part of the game. Philadelphia's got to be hurting, which doesn't hurt my feelings at all. Washington's got to feel good after seeing what they saw, but it wasn't roses either way necessarily. So we got to take a look and see exactly what happened on both sides of the ball so we can get a good feel for what we're going to do with these players going forward. If you have any of these players, we should be able to de- – it's just one week, but still the players looked how they looked, so we want to develop an opinion and kind of get an idea of where we're going going forward, although I'm not a big proponent of week one trades necessarily. But if you're going to pounce on somebody that you know is going to panic, then you definitely want to do it now while they're panicking, while they're overreacting to whatever it is that happened in their game. So let's talk Let's talk Philadelphia Eagles versus the Washington defense first. First, let's talk about the Eagles line. It, it suffered some losses up front already. They lost, they lost Brandon Brooks early in the offseason. That was a big blow already. And then – they had to move out Jason Peters when they lost their first-round pick from last year, Howard. So Jason Peters also renegotiated on him once they decided he was going to be the left tackle. It was tough for the Eagles as well because they were without their stud left tackle, Lane Johnson. He was probably pretty close to playing, it seemed like, the way they, they took it. And they didn't have their uh, swing tackle, Vitae, anymore. He was signed by another team to be a starter. So he is no longer on the team as well. So the Eagles line overall kind of took a hit a little bit. And that was really apparent in this game versus the Washington defense. Washington defense was, was good. I mean, they traded Quentin Dunbar. thought that could be an issue as far as their edges go. They were without Kendall Fuller. So that was another issue, but really, the wide receivers and, and the tight ends created separation, but at the same time, Darby and Fabian Moreau both had nice picks. They, they, they stood up. The, the Washington defense stood up. Now the secondary was kind of propped up, though, by a front seven that everybody should take notice of right now. Adding Chase Young to Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen up the middle, as well as Matt Ioannidis, those are three Really quality tackles, as well as Chase Young at the end, who can play inside as well if he needs to. He's big enough. He's strong enough, and doggone it, people like him. Montez Sweat is also good. He had a sack as well. That's that's not even – you don't even mention, mention Ryan Carey that statement when you're we're talking about four deep – or no, five deep on the defensive line. So we're talking about seven guys that can get after it, not to mention John Bostic, who looked to seal up their middle – and was playing a big role, got a huge hit on Carson Wentz at a critical time. So they were all over Carson Wentz. The eight sacks don't even tell the story. There was a ninth sack that got called back. There was, there was constant pressure. That's kind of what actually happened in this game is that – spoiler alert for the rest of the podcast, but that was what happened is 
the Washington front seven kind of took over there. They didn't even have Thomas Davis yet either. That's another thing. He's going to be on the team to run that second linebacker spot. Whether he's got something left or not, we'll see. They weren't at, they weren't at full strength. Uh, Landon Collins did play another nice game. That's another thing. They signed him for big money, so he really has to come through, and he did. So kudos to them on that. When we're talking about the Eagles versus Washington, we're going to start where we usually start with this, which is Carson Wentz. He got off 42 pass attempts, which we like. We like to see big pass attempts. Only 24 completions, 270 yards passing. Honestly, in a game like this, I would have expected more. There was the two touchdowns. There was the two interceptions. He was sacked eight times for negative 62 yards, which doesn't hurt his fantasy score, but just kind of gives you an indication of how much he was under pressure in this game. Early on, when they were in the first part of the game script, most, most teams script about 25 plays to start off with. And when they were within those plays, they seemed to be good to go. They were moving the ball correctly. They're kind of doing a thing with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, where they're kind of doing a Aaron Hernandez Gronk thing, where Dallas Goddard is the Gronk. And Zach Ertz is the Aaron Hernandez, and they're running all these different routes. They're able to run. They should be able to run out of this formation. They didn't really get the job done on the ground today, but that was kind of a testament to the front seven again. So that that was they dominated the Eagles up front, and that was that was the big story of the game. Also, Boston Scott, we got to check the injury report on him. He left the game in the second half, so we need to kind of see what's going on there. He was a big DFS play for a lot of people with uh, Miles Sanders out. Carson Wentz under pressure all day. A lot of people are going to put this loss on him because of the turnovers. Those were the interceptions were really good plays by the cornerbacks deep outs that the cornerback cut in on and got the interception at critical times. That's kind of what happened in the third quarter. And I believe in the second quarter as well, where that's kind of where it started to fall apart for them. But that was because of pressure. I say because of pressure, but it was also because of the coverage as well. Wentz had to hold the ball to try and find people down the field. And when he did, he paid for it. He held the ball way too long, and he paid for it. It affected the offense overall, and it it ended up costing them the game. He's definitely got to get rid of the ball quicker. It's probably a question of not having possession receivers outside of the tight ends. So once they put the clamps down on the tight ends, there was no possession receivers to really fill that gap. So that's where they miss Alshon Jeffrey. That's where they miss people on the outside that are larger. And really the only guys that they have are larger is Dallas Goddard. That's the reason for the usage on Dallas Goddard. And we we might as well go ahead and break into the receivers. I'm saying hold. On Carson Wentz, absolutely. He's going to be throwing the ball. Just a question of can they protect him? And they will on better on days. I just think the Washington Redskins actually have a really deep, really good front seven that they used, that they schemed well, that they seemed to blitz well out of. Ron Rivera really did actually seem to make a difference in the Washington Redskins. I absolutely believe that, where they felt like they had a different – step to them they were hitting hard they were playing hard and it showed in the performance 
really winning this game despite Dwayne Haskins. We'll get into that part of it. So we're talking about the receivers. When you look at the line, it's kind of funny. You look and you see Dallas Goddard at the very top. Like I said, they were doing a Gronk Aaron Hernandez thing. And what I mean by that is they were having both of them out on the field. They're both out there for 54 plus snaps, nearly an equal number of snaps. Actually, if you look at it, that's because Dallas Goddard is one of the biggest guys they have. They were splitting him out as well. The touchdown that he scored was a beautiful throw, a beautiful catch. He just burnt. They had to put a linebacker on him and he burned that linebacker and the safety was late and he caught it over the top. It was beautiful. I'm on board. It's hard to trust two tight ends in a system, but when the lack of size in the wide receivers is there, they're going to have to use those two guys. I mean, they made up they made up 16 targets. I mean, that's 16 of the 42 targets out of the whole thing were tight ends. That's a big deal going forward. I do think you should go ahead and get in on Dallas Goddard if he's available. I doubt he's available in season-long leagues. Feels like he was probably drafted at the back end of the tight ends there. But if he is somehow available, definitely go and get him going forward. I, I like that. You know, obviously you're keeping Zach Ertz. Despite just the 18 yards, he was targeted. They just covered him harder than they did Dallas Goddard. I mean, I'm definitely not selling anywhere I have Zach Ertz. I'm trying to buy if I can because, like I said, they were both on the field. It wasn't a question of that, and Zach Ertz got wet. I mean, he hit the touchdown, and it was a beautiful play. And there were several times he was just used more as a possession receiver because they couldn't get down the field all that much, and it was just that big play by Goddard where he got off on the linebacker and was able to get wet. So it's uh, definitely, definitely keep Zach Ertz, hold if you have him, buy if you can, if you can sneak him into the back end of a trade. I would definitely be into that. Um, and like I said, Goddard, I'm definitely targeting him because they were, they're going to have to do something along these lines. I'm not sure that Alshon is really set to come back. And even, even if he does, so what? That's just one guy on the outside that's likely to get hurt again. I'm definitely in on Goddard. Rager showed speed. He really was in on two deep passes. One he caught. He got one, a couple other targets, but really it was the big plays you're going to look for in Rager. If you had him in best ball, you're excited about that. Definitely don't think you're going to be able to trust him in season long as a wide receiver too. Could be a streamer later on. Depends on if they have maybe a little attrition in the wide receivers overall because Greg Ward still got seven targets, uh, possession targets. Definitely not into that at all. No Greg Ward in your lineup, likely unless there's a lot of attrition. Don't, don't worry about him. Probably going to see our Sega White side at some point. Um, he's not, he didn't show up in the stat sheet here. You, you look for that going forward as well, but still, he wasn't all that consistent either. So I wouldn't worry about that. As well. Deshaun Jackson, that's a big worry because he only had the two catches. He was targeted more than that. He was in there the whole time. He was fine. Don't worry about me. I wasn't hurt. He tweeted after the game. So he's going to be fine. He's going to be boomer bust, though, just like he was. I mean, some people probably had to play him with some of the wide receivers that were out. But I don't see that as a problem going forward. He's going to be boomer bust. You're probably going to want to try and stream him. He's better best ball option. Hopefully you got him in drafts because really it's just him and Rager that you really see and Greg Ward that you see as viable wide receivers for them at this point. 
really hopefully for them, one of the bigger guys comes back and can provide that presence. But for Goddard's sake, if they can't, he's going to have to be that guy for them. And it does give you an advantage when your tight ends can get loose because he moves really fluidly for a big guy. I like the way he looked. And if they're going to deploy him like this going forward, then I'm definitely on board with that. Because if they do what the Patriots did that year with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, then they that could be a big deal for them because he looked like the Gronk. What that means is he's going to be doing more inline blocking, but that also means it's a little bit more deceptive when he gets loose. And when, he, and when he's in open space and he's rumbling, he's, he's faster than you expect, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. I'm pissed that the Cowboys didn't get him that one time. That was definitely something that they undercut us on. Philadelphia always thinks about Dallas. Dallas never thinks about Philadelphia, but they got us on this one on Dallas Goddard. I think he's very talented, and I'm in on Dallas Goddard going forward. Got to move on only because I took a little extra time there because only because the backfield is pretty simple on the Philadelphia end. There was no rushing room for Boston Scott. The only yards that Boston Scott got was because he was fast or because he is fast. We'll see if he's fast after the injury. He got the bulk of the carries, but really I thought Corey Clement looked better as a rusher, even though he had a lower average and didn't really rip off as much. Boston Scott is fast and does have a space and will have a space in the Philadelphia offense even when Miles Sanders comes back, I think, if, if he is healthy. The biggest thing, the biggest thing I saw from this game and the biggest takeaway from the Philadelphia Eagles is that they need Miles Sanders in the worst way possible. If you felt bad about Miles Sanders in the first week, then get ready to feel good because they are going to have to use him. He is going to have to cook. They need him in that offense in running the ball, catching the ball, the whole nine yards, and he's going to deliver. He had the burst last year. As long as it's Miles Sanders from last year, he's going to deliver. So I'm trying to get in on Miles Sanders if I can anywhere I don't already have him. I think that's a good play. See if you can get a couple of rounds down, somebody that may be overperformed. And I would definitely try to get in on that because they needed him so bad. I mean, they, they might have won this game with him just because I think he makes a couple more guys miss. He catches a screen pass and takes it for a chunk play. So I definitely would be excited about that. And Boston Scott did not show that he is capable of being the feature back when Miles Sanders is not there. So not somebody to hold unless somehow they say he's going to be the feature back again, I wouldn't think. Uh, If Miles Sanders happens to be out, I would think Corey Clement would get more carries, although it's still not a situation to target in DFS or otherwise, I would think. It's really a Miles Sanders or bust situation. I would think after this performance that this would be one of the most likely teams to sign Devontae Freeman if Miles Sanders got hurt. That's kind of my big wild card. I feel like there's a lot of backup wild running backs right now that would get supplanted by Devontae Freeman should there be a big injury right now. But we'll see. He kind of, I don't know, he kind of seems like he's off the rails. So I don't know if that would actually happen, but we'll see. So let's move on. Let's talk about the Washington football team versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I probably said Redskins a couple of times before I realized it and accidentally said it and then had to go back and say it again right now. So excuse me. So let's talk about the Philadelphia defense versus the Washington line. The Washington line seems underwhelming when I look at it. 
they lost Trent Williams last year, so they had to start replacing him already. I'm not sure about Garen Christian. We'll need to look more at him and Wes Martin and Chase Rullier, Brandon Scherf, and Morgan Moses. Well, we'll need to look at the whole thing more because, honestly, it was overwhelming from a line standpoint. They didn't really have a lot of holes created. There wasn't a lot of room that Dwayne Haskins was under pressure by Philadelphia a good deal. It didn't seem like it was all the Philadelphia front, even though the Philadelphia front is good. It did seem like it was the line a bit, so we'll need to, that'll be something to monitor going forward. It'll be interesting to see whether it was the Philadelphia front seven or the Washington line that truly made this battle a little one-sided, even though Washington won this game. It wasn't because of the line or anything the offense did necessarily. It was the defense that really won this game for Washington. Very Ron Rivera. And the team definitely, like I said, had that feel that it was a Ron Rivera team, that they had an attitude about them, that it was a culture change for them. And good for them because everything they had had culture-wise beforehand had been toxic. So getting rid of Bruce Allen – and having Ron Rivera be the guy that's kind of running things is certainly good. I can see why they went to him to talk about the name change and everything now because he is definitely going to be a big part of that organization and good for them on that part because they need good leadership on that end when the ownership is not good ownership, which is something good for the Cowboys, but that's not good for their production year to year. It'll be interesting, like I said, to see what was the battle. Was it a deficient Washington line? Because I would hate to see what happens if they lose somebody. Or was it Fletcher Cox? Was it Malik Jackson? Benny Curry came back. Brandon Graham was all over the place. Nathan Gary made 10 tackles. So their their supposedly no-name linebacker core was all over the place. I like the way that Philadelphia looked on defense. It wasn't their fault that the offense kept putting them in situations. It was really the Carson Wentz interceptions, the fumbles by the offense, the just the overall play that really put down to Philadelphia today. It was not the defense necessarily. Adding Dwayne Slay looks like a good idea. He looks good. Detroit could have used him, no doubt, with Okuda out. I would definitely – Feel good if I were y'all about the sleigh pickup. Having Fletcher Cox in there, not having Jason Hargrove yet also is something to look forward to. Malik Jackson was enough, but having Jason Hargrove on top of that is going to be a big deal on top of getting Derek Burnett back because he, uh, he was not at Barnett, excuse me, was not back yet. So you'll have some people back, and I think that'll make a big difference as far as the potency of the defense overall. It seemed like y'all got a little tired towards the end, but you were on the field too much. It was because you couldn't run the ball as much as you wanted to. That was the big thing. Philadelphia could not run the ball as much as they wanted to. They didn't have Miles Sanders, and the Washington front seven dictated the, the fight, so to speak. They were like a wrestler that could make everybody stand up. They dictated where the fight was, and they won. They won the fight on that end. Good kudos to them on that end. But it wasn't the Philadelphia defense's fault. They had Dwayne Haskins confused a, a good deal. 
Anytime Dwayne Haskins did something, it was because Terry McLaurin made it happen, really. I'm disappointed in the line from Terry McLaurin. At the same time, I was encouraged by how he looked. He looked strong. He was running fast. I loved the way he looked at that part. So I'm definitely in on Terry McLaurin. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins, you're not in on him in a season-long league at all. Not as a streamer. Not all season. I'm going to go ahead and call that right now. He might have a week where he makes sense as a third quarterback in a best ball because he throws a couple of long touchdowns. The 17 for 31, that's not going to get the job done. They basically tried to hide him as much as they could, which is kind of not good for the receivers, but they're going to have to throw to Terry McLaurin, which is really the only person you should be worried about as a wide receiver. Dontrell Inman is nothing. Don't worry about him at all. Steven Smith Sims is not good unless you're in a super deep league. If you are, then look for Steven Sims if you're in a super-duper deep league. He kind of – he flashed a little bit, but he's a terrible second receiver. He's a good fourth receiver. Terry McLaurin is the only thing to look at in the passing game. Other than it did seem that Dwayne Haskins was looking for Logan Thomas at times. He's definitely their tight end. He might be a good streamer going forward. Maybe if you have a two-tight end league, I would be looking at Logan Thomas as maybe your third tight end. So look for that. But other than that, you, it's not a lot of time we need to spend on the pass catchers or Dwayne Haskins on that end. Really what I want to spend the time on in the, in the Washington end is what to do with the running backs. Peyton Barber had the bulk of the carries somehow. 17 carries. 17 extremely forgettable, straightforward, no wiggle, no speed, getting only what is blocked for him carries straightforward 1.7 average you got the two tds because he fell into the two tds i would not pick him up there's just no way they can continue to feed him carries with how good antonio gibson looked on his nine carries for 36 yards uh, four point four point average and a long of 20 it's crazy how much better antonio gibson looks than peyton barber he also got the targets Uh, Two for eight doesn't really tell the story on how quick he looked. I'm not selling Antonio Gibson, not even by a long shot. He will be the guy going forward. This is the guy Adrian Peterson was talking about when he got got busted down to the Lions, which I'm buying Adrian Peterson well if you haven't listened to that podcast yet. But those 17 forgettable carries, the coaches are going to look at this film too, and they're going to see that there's no wiggle in Peyton Barber's game, and Antonio Gibson's going to get more carries. Look for that to happen. I'm not selling Antonio Gibson. I'm not buying Peyton Barber. Not at all. J.D. McKissick is nothing. They're going to see this film. They're going to know what they need to do, and they're going to go to Terry McLaurin, and they're going to go to Antonio Gibson eventually. I'm writing him out as a Miles Sanders play where you're buying him in the first couple of weeks for nothing. People are going to drop him. You can slip him into a trade, a two-for-one trade, where you're getting the best player. And then he's kind of the drop player where you're just kind of getting him as something back that that person might have dropped anyway. And then that way you can get a good player on top of that without them really knowing it because I feel like he's going to end up getting the carries long-term, uh, that being Antonio Gibson. I was curious when I started watching this game, how did this actually happen? How did Philadelphia lose this game? Because they definitely are the superior team overall and they will have better days on offense, on defense, et cetera. But really, 
it was Carson Wentz and his lack of poise to pressure. I thought that the Washington front seven really came through. They really managed to get Carson Wentz off his game, made him make bad throws, tip throws. He was getting hit. He was getting crushed by a lot of the different things that the Washington Redskins were throwing at him from the defensive side. So you're going to want to watch out when people play Washington. That Yes, they might be an inferior team overall, but that's because of the offense. So you may want to target defenses that are playing Dwayne Haskins, but you're not necessarily going to want to target offenses that are playing the Washington Redskins when it comes to the running game, I don't think. Now this could be because they were missing Miles Sanders, but that'll time will tell on that. Thank you for listening. This was the Washington Redskins versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I hope you're able to use this information, take it forward to your leagues, and win them. Once again, just to, just to kind of give you an idea, we're buying Terry McLaurin. We're, buy, we're keeping Antonio Gibson, selling the rest of the Washington Redskins, obviously, maybe buying Logan Thomas in a deep league. And finally, we're buying Dallas Goddard. We're keeping Zach Ertz. We're selling Boston Scott, we're buying Miles Sanders, and we're holding Carson Wentz. Appreciate your time today. This was the Roundtable Sports Podcast. This is Taylor McLean. Have a great rest of your day.